Blog Talk Radio. We got no intro because Angel hasn't figured it out yet. We got no (laughs) intro. Angel hasn't figured it out yet. Here we go. Hold on here. Don't do it now. We're pretty much one of the fact that you don't have an intro. It's the perfect occasion for mental vacation on your foundation. Two hours of magic. What the hell is it? Give it a go. Ladies and gents, it's not the Pat McAfee show. It's not the Pat McAfee show. We do need Pat McAfee, yes. Is there a problem with that? I love Pat McAfee, but I just had to sing the song since you didn't have any. Fuck it, Angel's not going to get it going. Welcome, once, one and all, to the Bruin Angel Talking Sports here on the What's Brewing Sports Radio Network, powered as always by Blog Talk Radio, coming to you live from the proper number 12 whiskey studio and SUV. I'm Brew, he's Angel, we're talking sports. Give us a call, whatever the fuck the number is, I don't know it. 563-999-3488. I thought that was it. I prob- it's funny, I, I still I'll remember the, the original show. I'll look at the board. <laughs> I remember the original show number, that's how bad it is. I don't know this one, to save my life. But the one we had 12 years ago before Blog Talk gave us an Iowa number or some shit. Yep, I know that one off the top of my head. Well, there's a reason for that because you actually had to dial the number. Now it's stored in phones and now you just hit buttons and no, you, it brings you to where, where you want to go. I did so many shows on with that phone number that I legitimately tried to get it as my cell phone number. So where do you want to start today? Um, do you want to start with uh, breaking uh, baseball news? Seventy-two motherfucking text messages and one dick dick bit. Great job, Mick Farb. Okay. How the fuck that story never came out, and how that girl in the Me Too movement was like. Yeah, I know, I'm worried about my... Motherfucker, you would have had a goddamn job at fucking... Um, what's that one? It was dead spin in a heartbeat. <laughs> so that is this guy's idol, Brett Favre? ESPN has set on that story for four fucking years. But who did Jared Porter fuck over... That they waited till this moment to do it to him. She's not you know, working in media anymore. I read the article. So they waited for her to not leave the media, media. And then to use she it on did. him. And then she saw that he had a bigger job and a bigger role. It's all in the fucking article that Jeff Passon and Mina Kimes wrote. It's all in there. 
Amazing, Mets fans. This time, pulls off the steal of the century in the Francisco Lindor zone. An absolute steal. Gave up nothing. Got two major league ready pieces back for nothing. But was it him or was it Alton? Because Alton has been working on that since November. He's the one that consummated the deal. Yeah, but was that more of an Alderson move or or a Porter? I think it's Porter. They gave credit to Porter for getting the deal done. Because if Alderson was going to get if Alderson was going to get the deal done, the deal would have been done months ago. So this guy pulls off the heist of a century, and then seven days later is fired because he's sending dick pics. I still think Brian Cashman getting Chuck Knobloch was the deal of the century. And then gave up nobody. How about getting uh, Torres by trading Chapman and then getting Chapman back and Warren back? So basically you gave up nobody to get a superstar infielder. Doesn't matter, though. Cubs got exactly what they wanted. And you know what? They'll do it again and again if it it meant getting that world championship. And, And think about this, though. Why was Flavor Torres available? Because they have bias. a because they have a stud perennial all star goal five tool shortstop. And plus remember they're extremely high on Ads and Russell as well. And they had uh, Chris Bryant. So they in and, and Anthony Rizzo. Their infield was set for the next decade. Yeah, so and Addison Russell didn't go beat on his girl. Addison Russell would still be there. Yeah. He was still being in the league right now. Yeah. So, so like, Yankees fans go, oh, Brian Cashman. Fucking Brian Cashman did Ditka match. Yeah, he got what he needed. And then he wound up getting a fucking guy who shot a gun at his wife. And they had a Warren back. But still, the Cubs gave up. The Cubs got everything they wanted and more out of that deal. So just to give you a heads up, yeah, I know the you and I talked about right thing. before we talked about it right before we got on the show. But here's the deal for George Springer to Toronto: six years, one hundred and fifty million dollars. Over, way overpriced. Yeah. Good luck fucking now, making that pan out. So now. Where is he gonna play? Is he gonna play center field? Center field. Yeah. I think they're going to look so at uh, Hernandez. And, you know, I'll tell you with, 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 with my brother-in-law, who's a huge Met fan, and we were talking about Springer, and I told him Springer reminds me of a Bernie Williams in terms of he is overrated with his glove. You know, they talk about him in center field, but to be honest with you, like, looking over the defensive metrics that they use for uh, baseball, baseball reference, Conforto is just as good in center field as George Springer. 
And all, you also have to realize that George Springer. Yeah, but George Springer also played a lot of right field. So his he really yeah, wasn't George a pure Springer center fielder. But see, like I don't know. But like, I'm not trying to put I him down. I'm not no, I'm not either, down. but I think City Field is a tougher outfield to play than Usman. Yeah, he doesn't have to worry about playing on wet grass. You know, like, he doesn't have to play in a fucking, in a, in a business. Yeah, yeah. Bernie Williams, to me, was the most overrated center fielder I've ever seen. I love the Did guy, he have but a I have to agree. Bat? Yes. Did he have a clutch bat? Yes. Was he the slowest guy in the outfield? Yes. Did he have a worse arm than Johnny Damon? Hell yeah. Bernie Williams was the most overrated center fielder I've ever seen. If, if there was yeah, a he, ball he hit over his head and he on was Yeah. You know, basically like, like Paul Merrill would have won over the first base over Tina. Oh, that's still striking. That still hurts that Palmero won that one over Tino. Well, that that year, also, Hankin won the Cy Young over uh, Pettit. Andy Pettit, yeah. Yeah, talk, talk about but, those. I mean, their, their numbers were similar, though. They should have split the vote. But I do agree, agree with you that the Palmero was more egregious. Oh, my God, that was so egregious. It was terrible. He didn't even play 25 games at first base. <laughs> yeah. Like, who the fuck was voting on that? The same people it who uh, vote on that. You know, they're, they're horrible, nope. these guys. You know, a, a lot of them have, a lot of these writers have such vendettas. Writers that, not, the writers don't, the writers are not gold gloves. Gold glove is, is done by managers. Really? Yep. You can look it up, but I believe it's done by the manager. I think it's voted on by <laughs> I do not think it's voted by the media. I don't even think that your Tino was second. Because I'm sure, like, Tory didn't vote for. Yeah, so, okay, so the next... They said the Mets offer was six years, 125. So there's $25 million left. And you got to think about it this way. If, the, if a New York team is getting into a bidding war, right, you mm-hmm. have to come in 20% higher, not 20% less. So if the Mets were going six at one, if the Mets went six at 150, he still would have signed with Toronto. Just you know, I, I look at this. Living is much cheaper. 
you know, Plus, he's getting paid I, I, in American money. He's not getting paid in Canadian money. And as long as the exchange rate <coughs> stays in his favor, he's he's making money hand over fist. Yeah, I think the Mets, you know, they, they couldn't, you couldn't just overpay for Springer. You know, the second I told you how much it was, your first statement was overpay. Oh, I thought either way, and, anything he got, I thought would have been an overpayment. And anything I agree you, over either, twenty was a, was an overpay for him. He's already over thirty, and this is a six-year deal for a quote-unquote center fielder. What did you expect to play on? Yeah, you know, and the and the play on turf. Well, to go to Toronto and play on turf, right? But you know, if you're the Mets. I think you're saying, okay, thank you. You yeah. know, because you got yourself oh, out no, of a this, potentially bad deal. To me, this is no different than the Chris Drury, Scott Gomez deal. Oh, shit, right. thank you for not signing the deal. It's, you know, it's like when Buffalo was, was, you know, Buffalo didn't go and reach what the Rangers reached on Drury and the Devils in on, on, on Gomez. And they're both in there going, thank you. Because there's no way he plays up to 25 a year. Is there a no? Is there a no trade in there? Uh, I don't see that here yet. Because to me, a no trade in that. All right, for him. But I don't understand what Toronto's doing there. Like. Toronto, and you said it before, and you know, and I'll give you credit for saying it. Toronto's going to be the team that spends stupid money this year. You know, they have to. <clears throat> and here's the thing: why can Toronto? Why can Toronto spend stupid money this year? Because the Yankees haven't spent stupid money this year. Their owners are looking yeah, at it going, fuck, man, what the fuck? The Yankees aren't doing a goddamn thing. Boston isn't well, spending money. You know, if they have a chance to spend money, it's, it's right now. And plus, you know, I said it before, the one great thing about Toronto is they have all that young talent. And that young talent is not making a lot of money right now. So it's, it's just like a... You know, winning with, with a quarterback on his rookie deal. Yeah. You know, Toronto has a whole bunch of quarterbacks on the rookie deal right now with Bichette, Guerrero, Biggio. They're all yeah, but making... here's the thing. All of those guys are arbitration one next year. Yeah, but listen, it, you still go through two or three rounds, and you're still going to be under 200 easily. So now is the time hey. to make... To make that, it's exactly what happened with with the Cubs when they signed John Lester. They overpaid for John Lester, but they knew they could. Oh, I don't think they overpaid for John Lester. Well, at the time, it was considered an overpayment. I know he was was probably one of the few pitchers that him and Scherzer, you know, are two that come to mind where they actually met their, their goal when they signed their contract. And they would sign that contract again, those teams, without any uh, repercussions. I mean, uh, well, any, uh, what the hell is that word? 
chips. Preservation. Preservation, thank you. So, you know, but once again, they saw the window, and the window was, hey, we got young, cheap talent right now. Let's try to bring the veterans to solidify it, and let's let's slow the door down. And that's their, I guess, angle on it. So this is a good move for them in terms of, you know, veteran leader, but is he your center fielder for the next six years? Absolutely not. He's 31 years old, six-year deal. I said Bernie Williams. Are you going to have Bernie Williams in center field at age 38, 37? No. No, he's going to, you know, he's going to be center field. And remember, he played part-time center field for Houston. You're not going to have Ken Griffey Jr. (laughs) You know, this is Ken Griffey Jr. coming over. Even in his decline years, that can still play center field. So, yeah, but Junior finished his career in right, too. Right, but um, he still plays center field into his late 30s. Oh, he didn't play much uh, in his late 30s. So, Blue Jays are still trying for outfielder Michael Brantley. That's interesting. Jose Quintana just signed with... Uh, the the well Los Angeles uh, Angels. So, Van, so it looks I like the hot by the four hundred five near Disneyland, next to the Arrowhead Pond. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. <coughs> uh, what else is going on? Of course, as we talked, may he resign with the Yankees? Uh, Phillies are offering five years for JT. Kirby H signed with Kirby H signed today with Toronto. Archie Bradley signed with Philly. I'd love that. Um, Yes, sir. I like that move too. That that is a great move by them. Um, So surprised that he didn't get sent to the contract with Cincinnati, but apparently they went through this whole big uh, cost cutting, uh, destroy the team mode. But if you're just going to release him, you should have just traded him. Because he was – I don't think he was making that much for the arbitration. I think he he was scheduled for six or seven on arbitration. So just to outright him is kind of stupid. Well, I liked his first tweet was hashtag sign JT. He gets it. And him and JT are both Oklahoma kids. I'm sure he signed there full well knowing that JT was going to be there. Well, I don't see his, JT's market anywhere right now. Maybe Anaheim? No. Maybe. No. Here's the thing, though, yeah. that I think you have to realize. It is amazing how the big cheap, the big chips are coming off the board. Now that Rob Manfred came out and said we're going to have a full spring training, we're going to play a full 162, I I kind of think if he wanted to salvage an offseason, he should have done this a month ago instead of trying to get into another pissing war with, with the Players Association. 
I, I think the biggest thing that baseball has to do is they need to, in the next CBA, say, November 15th is the start of free agency. Like, you need a time and a place where free agency starts. Because... Well, it, it, I think the first thing that you got to do is, you know, it was kind of proven this year you can easily do the winter meetings virtual. You know, you don't have to go rub elbows in Palm Springs to to hold a, a meeting. Um, yeah, but okay. Push, push that. So, but push, here's push the thing, though. Yeah, here's the thing with the winter yeah. meetings. The winter meetings don't just have to do with, you know, rubbing elbows and going to Disney World or Palm Springs or whatever. The winter meetings are very big for the industry of baseball. All the bat companies are there, all the glove companies are there, all the shoe companies are there. It's it's bigger than you think. It's really like baseball's trade show. You know, I was listening to, I want to say it was, it was on Sirius, so I'm going to say it was Mad Dog Radio. And they had, who is the former president of the Mons? Is that David Sampson? Yeah. So Sampson was on, and Sampson was saying how utterly stupid to send send people to the winter meeting. They used to have it when they used to do the Rule 5 draft, and that's why they had people there. And yeah. he said the way it's been designed, and I agree with you where it's a showcase for baseball, and I think that's, that's a good thing. You want to keep your, you want to put your sport out there in a time where it's not generally out there. You know, it generates well, and buzz. It's just and all this great publicity, I think, a lot of great deals come out of it. Um, Used to. And, and then you, you also, and then you also added in, you know, for the actual business of baseball, your vendors, your supply, your your lifeblood of the sport, you know, the behind-the-scenes people. It's a great way for them to promote what they have coming up. To all the yeah. teams, instead of instead of sending representatives out to Anaheim, New York, Houston, instead of sending them all over the landscape, you send them to the winter meeting. I happen to be in Florida one year it was going on at Disney. And let me tell you, it was so much bigger than you ever thought it was. Like, this was, like, before the MLB Network started, right? It was just so much bigger than you thought, and I was, like, really shocked at how big it was. Like, it was... she said. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just... It's just, you know, a celebration of the game, and... But, like I said, like... Maybe make December first the start of free agency. 
legal tampering period like the other leagues have. Like, hockey's free agent frenzy is, like, one of the, like, greatest, all of them, baseball, football, or hockey, football, basketball, that legal tampering period, the, the, the free agent frenzy, man, that is, like, must be. Like, you have to watch it, be like, oh, shit, you know, here we go. This guy's getting this offer, this guy's getting this offer, this guy's... The problem is, is that baseball's owners have colluded amongst themselves in the past four off-seasons to the point where if you don't think it's collusion, you're an idiot. You know, the, the snail's pace, you know, is it, the dead giveaway. You know, the snail's pace in which, you know, and they they likened it to, you know, the change of philosophy in terms of the GMs themselves. Like, you see these young GMs like A.J. Preller and, you know, Heimblum, you know, and all these guys that, you know, are descent you know, descendants of Moneyball, and they've taken that Moneyball aspect, and they're like, no, well, we talked about it before in the show, war is, is, one point of war is roughly worth about a $7 million contract. You know, and we kind of talked about that equation before. So if player A had a season of three war, then, you know, I'm not going above $21 million to pay you. Like, they've taken the heart aspect out of negotiations, which, you know, if you're a businessman, I guess that's good. However, as a fan, is there a reason that Houston should be losing their players, really? They're, they make a lot of money. You know, well, here's the thing, Houston's, too. When, when it comes to free agency, you don't have the marquee even when there are marquee names, there's not marquee names anymore. Garrett Cole last year was the marquee name. And he just wanted to get it done with. And the Yankees wanted to get it done with. Right? Bryce Harper yep. and Machado. They were both sitting there waiting for the other one to sign, and it just was like pulling fucking teeth. I'm really curious next year when they have uh, the shortstop. That's going to be a very interesting free agent year when you have all the shortstop. Like, you know, Correa, Lindor, do you sign an extension now? Uh, Seager, you know, what are these players going to do? Whoever makes it to that free agency period, you know, if they're going to be waiting on, on, on one sign over the other just so they can get the next top deal. You know, I think, you know, for... Well, I, you know, I, I, I think who what's going to happen next year is... I don't see Lindor making it. I see Lindor signing me, an extension with the Mets. But the Angels, to me, I think what happens next year is they are going... The owners are going to drag their feet until there's a CBA sign. Right? Because 
CBA expires the day after the World Series. Right. Okay. So they are going to drag their feet until it's signed. And then they're going to come in with, we've lost all this money because nobody's been to stadiums for a season and a half, and we, you know, still page it and all this bullshit. And it's like, no, fuck you. You know, I... Well, can you believe that we're actually talking about the NHL is the one with labor peace? It's amazing. Let's just it really stop and think about this. The National Hockey League, which is still run by Gary Bettman, has labor peace. Donald Fear, Gary Bettman. They're the ones playing nice. And they did it a year ahead of when they supposed to. Think about that. <coughs> and then also look at the NHL and how, how they kind of, they saw the problems that are coming up. And they realized with the coronavirus and what was going down, they had to make changes within the sport currently, with the redi- you know with doing the redivision for this year. So not only did they get on board and got in front of the labor issue, but they've also gone yeah. ahead with the season. And you know they were talking about uh, I forgot the article. I wish I had it on me, but they were talking about the other day with the NBA how there's an uptick in um, in cases and we're not just talking about them going to strip clubs and violating protocols like that, like Harden or having parties like, you know, Kyrie. Um, but they, you know, one of the things that they attributed uh, the uptick in uh, cases is in regards to travel because yep. they have the, they have an affiliation with Delta Airlines and Delta Airlines does not require the attendance or the flight crew to be tested. So here you go. Here you are. You're, you're telling them that they can't go out anywhere when they're home. Yeah. And then you bring them into this environment where they could potentially be exposed. And what's that? You know, what, by increasing and their travel. And you shut everything down last year. Yeah. You're the league that started everything. You know, and, and and to me, the biggest problem that sports are facing is not the coronavirus. It's not the fans in the stands. I, I said months ago, the NHL is going to be the one with the least amount of problems. And why? Because hockey players generally tend to listen. You know, during the Ranger game tonight, which, you know, we'll get into later, you know, they talked about uh, the schedule. Yeah. You know, they talked about how uh, 
They're going to be on the road for the next four games. But you know what yeah. the road is? It's two games in Pittsburgh and two games in Buffalo. So, so it's a, they are attacking this a smart way. You know you got X amount of games against one team, right? So you do your back-to-back. Yeah. It limits yeah. the travel. It, it limits the – listen, there is opportunity to get exposed at any point. You know, unfortunately, I just lost my cousin uh, the other day to uh, coronavirus. Yeah. uh, Hey, you know, she did everything right, dude. She did everything right. She, she cleaned, you know, she was, you know, she was always very hygienic. She always took care of masks all the time. She even wore gloves. But then she went to the doctor's office. Doctor's office had somebody there that had, that had the virus. My cousin was getting uh, her throat and uh, mouth checked out. That's how she got it. But once again, that that brings up to the point where, you know, you can't regulate the businesses to have everybody take the test. There's always going to be that inherent risk. So the question is, how do you mitigate that risk? And how you mitigate it is you look at the NHL. They are doing it the right way. And, listen, they will not have it perfect. People will get corona. Things are going to happen. There's going to possibly be games moved around. But look at their setup. Look at their structure on how they're, how they're doing this. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 you saw the, like, the little outbreak with Dallas. But, you know, okay. They just start the season a week later. Okay. Cool. Uh, excuse me. You're welcome. But yeah, that's exactly how you do it. Like you have to you have to look at things logically. Yeah. You know how do you keep people out of how do you reduce their, their risk of exposure? Well, let's say you got fifty games to get through? Well, why can't you do a back-to-back in the same city? Because the NBA wants per- everybody to play every. Well, that's great. You can still do that. You got 30 teams, right? 30 teams, two times is 60 games. You know, so you're yeah, probably they, pay- playing. But the West shouldn't be traveling these. You know what? They could have played. Yeah. No. I'm telling you, it could have been great if you had the East play the East and the West play the West. It'd be great. Like the Canada division in the NHL, that is going to be some young fucking show games. Absolutely. With having Edmonton and Calgary play ten times. And... <laughs> but see, this is how you look at it, and this is how you have to, you know, Extreme circumstances require extreme vision. No. And once extreme again. Circ- no, extreme cir- circumstances show leadership. Yes. And you can say whatever you want about Gary Bettman. Gary Bettman and Bill Daly and Donald Fear have been extremely good leaders. 
those parts? They have to be. You know, what do they say? I I didn't know I could pick the car off that kid until I did, and the adrenaline came to, comes through. Okay. Well, when you're faced with a problem, you, you fix it logically. You know, the bubble for the playoffs, great move. Yep. And, you know, They're if you remember, I actually, I lauded the NBA bubble. Because remember, you know, the NHL bubble had multiple bubble sites. And I said, you know what? Yeah. The NBA is doing, doing it right. And not to take anything away from the NHL who did it right. But, you know, I've always well, thought that well, the NBA Angel, did, did that on. part Here's right. Here's the difference. The difference is you can't play four games a day on an NHL sheet of ice. It just doesn't work yeah. that way. Right? You. you can play four games on an on a floor. Right? Like, you can do that. There are two different sports, and the NHL... To say it whatever way you want, the NHL, they both did it right. Yeah. They did it right by their sport. Like I said... You can't play four games a day on NHL ice, but you can play two. You know, like, you can play maybe three. But the third game, man, they were saying the ice was shitty. Because you need a couple hours after that final ice cut, after a game's over, to let the ice settle again. Especially in the summer. You know, let's not forget. No, I, t- I, I totally agree. Like, I totally agree with you. Because Zamboni's not a fucking scooter. I, it is a truck. It's a fucking tank. It holds a piss ton of water. You know, it's a heavy machine. With studs in the tires. It needs about two hours. No, I totally get you. You know, I totally forgot about that about that aspect. But uh, no, you're totally right on that. You know, <coughs> but you know, once again, the NHL has the foresight to to see. Hey, you know what? And listen, it could have been that coronavirus is no longer an issue so far. You know, and they could easily go back to, hey, let's keep things the way way it is. But they said, listen, the best way to get a season in is if we look at what's the possibility. Exactly. And the thing is, you you have to appease. Things like the NBA easily can move their one Canadian team to the States, which they did. Right, with Tampa and Toronto. You can't. There's not enough NHL-ready building for hockey to move seven Canadian teams. You know, the basketball team's, what, 15 players, 20 support staff. 
right? Okay, you can uproot them for, you know, the season. All right. You know. And most of those players live in the U.S. anyway. What's that? Yeah, most of the players live in the U.S. They're playing in fucking Florida that has no state income tax. So I'm sure the players weren't crying about it. And the weather's right. beautiful. Where's the NHL? You was yeah. And where the NHL? No, they brought fucking cold to Florida. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> but like where the NHL is, you'd have to move seven. You'd have to move two hundred and ten players. You'd have to move five hundred people. You know, that ain't happening. So, you know what? Look, the fucking North, the, the, the Scotia North Division. Goddamn, dude. Wait until fucking Montreal has to make a cross-country trip to fucking Vancouver twice. Holy shit, they're going to be fuming. But, you know what the best part is? They'll do a home-and-home. And they'll get their their games out of the way. You know, it's not like they're going to have to go back there, you know, for another series. Yeah, well, Well, they'll play twice, they'll go to Edmonton, and then they'll fly back to Montreal and play four games. And then they'll go to Toronto and play two games. You know, so, look, I I think that, look, um, if Reed's content, you start seeing the same team over and over and over again. You know, I was I was listening to um, Mike Ruff on NHL Network Radio today. And, uh, you know, he brought up the fact that you're going to play these, these teams this many times. They're all division games. They're all four-point games. Right? So... What if you hit a little bit of a stretch like Vegas had last year, start the season? You know, and then they had that fucking stretch in December where they just played inconsistent hockey. You may not be able to make those points up. Oh, yeah. You know, everything is is so microscoped, you know, so much on a microscope now. And, you know, like... Canadian teams need any more reason to hate each other. I, I honestly, I love it. You know, let them keep going at each other. You know, maybe they should look at, you know, the possibility going forward. Yeah, maybe not to this extreme. No. But maybe, maybe they should look at, you know, possibly looking at stuff. No, because you're going to add a 25th American team next year. You You really can't do it. Now, if like, I think this opens up for a new realignment. I think that's not off the table. Because honestly, I, how many realignments is that in the last ten years? Yeah, but you like just added two teams in the Pacific. Yeah, but you've just yeah. added another team in the Pacific Division. And then you're going to have to move, because there's eight in there already, you're going to have to move one of them out. 
conclusion, Arizona is moving out of that division and going into the Central. Well, it makes more sense. Does it? They're still closer to Pacific than fucking Edmonton is. <laughs> Think about it. The three California teams, Seattle, okay. Vancouver. Vancouver. Vegas. I mean, that's what, six? And then you have Edmonton and Calgary in that division. Fuck, seriously? Next year? Which reminds me, next year I'm going to have to buy a new standings mini Helen Ford. Those are the Kraken. Dude, that, I, I love that that name. I I love the colors. I think that's going to be a really... Really hot jersey. Have they released the jersey yet? They just still waiting on that. No, they're still waiting on it. There's so many cool colors on the hat so far, and on the logo itself. So. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of no, cool that they did kind of stick with the. It is cool that they stuck with the Pacific Northwest teams' colors. Speaking of cool jerseys, Vegas broke out the gold the other night. How did it look? I think people that when they finally get back into the T-Mobile arena are going to love them. They're wearing them 11 times this year. Out of 28 home games. Which means they're going to be wearing alternates Almost half the year. Because they, and then they have the three reverse retro games. Come on, I'm trying to find. And then Flower broke out the gold pads, and those look real. I mean, these look great. All right, on the football now, since we have, what, another how long on the show? Hour. Oh, okay. Where do you want to start? You want to start with the head coaching stuff or uh, Sean Watson, or do you actually want to talk about the games that just happened? There's a lot of football talk. I'm sick of the Deshaun Watson thing. If you're in New what York are these team, owners going to realize that they own the team? Well, you know, I don't blame him for wanting out here. I don't blame him. Like, I thought the same thing. But, you know, I always realize with football players, I have to take football players with a grain of salt because their contracts are not guaranteed. So I got to give the players a little bit more leeway than I would in somebody else. Like, I would say, yo, man, you signed the contract. You got to live up to it. Um, Yeah. 
but with this, I'm going to tell you right now, um, he's in his right here, man. I mean, <coughs> I'm sorry, excuse me. Not only did, he, I, did they trade away his, num- his number one option by trading Hop- you know, Hopkins' wife, um, yeah. they didn't have a GM, and their coach became GM, and he had all the power, then he gets fired. They're a dumpster fire. This isn't what he signed up for. I know he signed the contract. And then, if this report is true or not, where the ownership said, the group said, they would keep them in the loop with the GM search and with the head coach search, and then they, they hired a person completely off the radar who they, they were going to hire last year, which I think is yeah, right if they want like to yeah, hire a guy. See, to me, Casario wasn't off the radar. Casario is who they wanted last year. They got who right. they wanted. You know, like, I, to me, on this whole thing, if this coach doesn't work out and you don't like him, do we have to listen to you to fire him? Well, that's that makes it one plus 52. See, I hate any sport that allows players to dictate coaching moves. Yes. Because at the end of the day, you know, are you going to be responsible when the coach gets fired? No. You hired him. Are you going to walk in when he, when you don't like what, you know, like it's, it creates, a system that when it comes to pusher shit, when it comes to nut cutting time, who's in charge? Because if everybody on the team knows that you signed off on the head coach, then why the fuck does anybody else have to listen to that coach? And then that creates the A-Rod situation of 25 plus 1. And are you bigger than uh, that team? A-Rod? That A-Rod 24 plus 1 thing was bullshit, too, by the way. That was a New York media fabrication. Right, but I, I think it's a good analogy never for that. never that guy. What's that? I think it, it creates a good narrative in terms of this right now, where it's like you're the one guy that's in control of the team, and you're a player. You're supposed to be following yep. orders, not not creating yeah. the orders. Look, I'm and I totally sure. get the, I totally get the whole thing of you know you're a star player, you get certain leniencies over other people. I get that, and I'm not trying to say anything other than that, but. Look at the ability to pick a GM and a coach. I don't think Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady get it. I'm sure if you're that good of a player. (laughs) Well, if Aaron Rodgers got it, they would never have drafted Jordan Love. Yeah. You know, like, you know, if Tom Brady got it, they would have never 
you know, not ever fucking on wide receivers for him. But, you know, like, and I think, I think those guys want to be coached harder. Like you've heard, I've heard stuff come out of text, uh, Houston where it became two, it became everybody against Bill O'Brien because of J.J. Watt and, and Deshaun Watson. Look, I, DeAndre Hopkins is a great receiver. He's a fucking diva. He's not That's a guy I want to go to war with. Not every receiver is. That's it, just about. Yeah, but the, the days of the diva <laughs> wide receiver are done in the NFL. And when they become fucking divas, Juju... You oh, get them the fuck out of town. Because why? Because it's not going to be 52 plus one. Football coaches are different than other sports. <coughs> Look, you want to talk about players in, in other sports that should get preferential treatment. Does Mark andre Fleury deserve preferential treatment in Vegas? Does he get it? Nope. Why? Because he don't work like that. Pete does not work like that. Well, I think, you know, when you compare, you know, hockey to the other sports, I think hockey is the one sport where they don't even think about having that type of, you know, separation. Well, some teams do, and those teams don't win. Look, if you have... If the name on the back is more important than the name on the front, steal the line from Herb Brooks, you're never going to win. Let's see, a lot of people don't care about the winning side. <coughs> see, a lot of people they, don't care about the paycheck. Then I don't want those guys either. I agree with you. I, I don't want that guy either. You know, um... You know, like, like you've had guys in, in the NHL who, you know, are like that. And they're Kane anybody. Hold on. I dropped my fucking the lid to my bottle. Uh-oh. Right? I got it. I stopped at the light. So, if um, what team will get Deshaun? The Houston Texans, because they'll fucking patch it up and they'll tell them, like, look, we're not trading. We're not trading. I've heard that he wants to go to Miami. Why? He did be going from one bad owner to another bad owner. But why you know, does he want to go to Miami it, so fucking bad? Do you want to be honest? Yeah, don't say state income tax because it's the same in Texas. Black black head coach. They can hire one. You know, according to uh, hey, the stuff you I've think been reading. He, wait, hold on. You think he's going to pull this bullshit in Miami with Brian Flores? You're out of your fucking mind. So is he. No, I think he. Brian Flores, you sit him down and fuck down, so he shut the fuck up. 
They ain't going to fly down here. Brian Flores is not going to take that chance. He's not going to do it. (laughs) He's not going to destroy everything he's built over the last two years to bring that fucking malcontent into the fucking locker room. It's not going to happen. But the question is, is and he you a know malcontent? what? Yes, he's a fucking malcontent. But he's a superstar quarterback under the age of twenty-five that you could potentially okay. have for the next ten Has years. Has he ever won? But he hasn't won. And he's this is the one. Another guy this is the one not, year with Houston where he's didn't not win. special without his legs. The legs go. He was great this year. He was great his rookie year. But he's a a stat guy, though. He's a stat patter. That's what he is. He's not going to Miami and telling Brian Flores, this is how I'm going to do things. Brian Flores is going to say, oh, shit, we're fucked. telling you, it's not how it's going to work. Brian Flores put in his time. He paid his dues to get where he is, and he's not going to give it up for fucking Deshaun Watson. I can guarantee you that. And I know, and and Beefalo knows how good he is. Played him every fucking year. But he's not going to give away. Look, the Dolphins' future right now is so fucking bright because <laughs> they have this draft pick, right? The gift wrap from Houston. Yeah, but you know what? They were all in in Houston. That's the thing that people forget. They were going all in because they had everybody. They had Watts. They had... And you know what? It didn't work. Right. So guess what? At some point, you got to point the finger at somebody else. (laughs) Legitimately. That's the way you have to think about it. They did what they did to go all in. It didn't work, but they went all in. So now they have a chance to rebound here and get that future that Billy O'Brien traded away. You know, I'll I'll toss out the speculated or, or the rumors that they were talking about with the Jets. Sam Darnold, number one this year, number one next year, and I think another number one after that. So let me ask you this question. If you're the Jets, why do you do that? You have to believe that Watson is infinitely better than Sam Darnold. Yeah. But what if he's not? What if he can't play outdoors in the winter? (laughs) 
that's a, that's the shot you have to take. Has he proven that he can play in the wire? Yeah. You because know, Sam hasn't proven that he's you know can play in the winter. So he can play outside. He can play full season yet. Exactly. So, you know, if you're the Jets, why wouldn't you make that deal? Yeah, we can go around the league again. Solid twenty teams that I, I would say can be better with Deshaun Watson, or could use Deshaun Watson. Yeah, Chicago Bears. You know, no. I, and I don't think they would because I don't think they have they have the draft capital to get them. You know, New Orleans Saints. They're over cap, and I don't think they're going to get them. But they they can be better. You know, if you watch your CL, I know you did, but if you watch that game this past Sunday, Drew Brees was not going anywhere close to intermediate to deep. Every time he tried, the ball died within two or three yards of the receiver. Yeah. I think that's my original question. He wants to be LeBron. Yes. And I do agree with you that this is not the sport that lends itself no. to the LeBron type player. Definitely not. So, like I said, do you bring him in? In an established room and risk alienating the room. <laughs> but if you're Houston and you have this guy like this, you know, is this your opportunity? You know, is this your opportunity then, to get out from him? But then here's the question Who takes the job? Right now, who wants the job? You know, I think that, you know, first off, they're scheduled to be over the cap next season. They got no draft future. And you won't have the Sean Watson, potentially. So who would really want that job? It begs the question. See, you can get J.J. Watts on. Like, that could get you underneath the cap. And, yeah, you're potentially going to lose – because, first off, J.J. really isn't the J.J. of Defensive Player of the Year. No. Yeah, all, all the hits are getting to him. He's past his prime. Not to say he's not mm-hmm. a good player anymore, but he's not J.J. Watt anymore. P.J. is no. a better defensive end than he is at this moment. But he's also been in the league for 11 years. Exactly. So, once again – you got this all this money sinked into this icon, but he can't play anymore, or he can't play at that level anymore. Yeah. So, okay, so that, that's, that's another bad project there. he got. 
And you really can't move on from him because he's Mr. Texan. Right. So it kind of hurts them in that respect. Yeah, I... I and now you, you, see definitely all these, all, you see all these posts of former, former and even current Texan players bashing the organization. What, what does that tell you? What is it something I say all the time? Losing breeds losing. Yeah. Now, is that so more to blame on Bill O'Brien, or is this... No, it's because you, know, you keep coming in losers. You keep bringing in losers, you're going to have losers. And, and this Easterby guy, fuck him. Get rid of that clown. Don't do straight up fucking doing that organization. Yeah, so the question is, how do you implode everything? Yeah, how, how do you take that thing apart? Carefully. And, and push it forward. Yep. Very carefully. You start by, you start by trading Watson. Yeah, but here's the thing though. Just because teams have the capital to make that trade, they know this team's up against the wall having to make the trade. It's one yeah, of the Jamal Adams enough. trade. But it's like why the Jamal Adams trade made no first sense. round picks. Exactly. First round picks for Jamal Adams. Because that's a team that was. That's a team that you said, "Oh shit, we're in the window." We're in the window. First round picks for Laramie Tunstall, and then had to pay him. They were as a top offensive tackle, and he's nowhere close to the top. It's almost it's almost like Nate Solder is a better tackle than Laramie Tunstall. But again, this is what you do when you have to overpay. Because you're in your window. But now you have this quote-unquote superstar quarterback on the market, and there's plenty of teams out there desperate enough because they live in quarterback mediocrity. But there's also coaches around the league saying, I don't want him. That's the problem. I'm sure there's owners that want him. Yeah, but guess what? Then that's fine. You make the fucking move if you're the owner. Right? You make the move if you're the owner. But but at the end of the day, the owner makes the move. The coach looks at him and goes, you can't fire me now. This is your move. You're going to be keep firing coaches. Well, listen, there's a lot of owners out there that they'll do that. You know, they they'll push for something, but they but but they won't yeah. take the responsibility for it because you can't fire the owner well, unless you're the Clippers. Well, look at it this way: if you're Jacksonville, would you? He, but see, here's the thing, though: he only wants to go to Miami. He doesn't want to go play well, for the Jets. He doesn't want to go play for I, Chicago. He wants to play for Miami. So, really, 
Who owns the bargaining chip there? Houston or Miami? Listen, if he paints himself only for one team, then, of course, the one team that he paints himself for, it's like Carmelo Anthony when he forced his way to the Knicks. Yeah. You know, it, but there's teams out there that will get desperate because here's the thing. Deshaun Watson does not have teams. a no-trade clause. Yes, he does. And there are definitely teams, there are definitely teams yes, out there that, that will take him. Yes, he does. does. He? Okay. Yes. But so you look at other teams, he holds all other the teams that can afford him. You tell me that he wouldn't go to San Francisco? No, because Shanahan's a hard ass. And they don't have the cap space. They got so guys they have to Wa- Watson's contract for next year for any team that trades for him is $10 million. Mm-hmm. It's the following year it goes up to thirty-five. Yeah, but for and they have guys year, to pay. Right, but for next year it goes down to ten. So if it's ten, so what are you going to trade him again next year? Well, no, no. Why wouldn't you try to? If you're a smart, competent organization and you make this deal, then you look to restructure contracts or get contracts in there that's front-loaded. And that, but they, but they have, yeah, but their deals are coming up. Bosa, Devo, their deals are coming up. McGinn, um, McGlinchey, their deals are coming up. They're not signed yet. And they're picking up, they're picking high enough where they could bring in a quarterback. They, they are, they're behind the eight ball too. I don't think they're in dire straits as you're saying here. They will be. That's why they didn't resign Manny Sanders because they knew they were up against it. Take a look at the uh, their cap uh, stuff here. San Fran. So right now, San Fran has thirteen million dollars in cap space. Mhm. Hold on. And he eats that away. Well, remember, if you if you're getting him. You're releasing, you know, Jimmy G, and I think most of his contract, Jimmy G, is not guaranteed. Yeah, it's like a three million dollar hit on the cap. Right, it's three million dollar cap hit. Well, hold on. They showing blah blah blah. What's the bonus? Right, his cap hit for next year is twenty six million, but the dead cap is only two point eight. Yeah, it's. Yeah. 
so right there, you know, you're getting – once again, if Deshaun Watson only counts against $10 million against the cap, you know, and you already had $13 million, do the math there. That's next to $13 million. So right now you got $26 million to spend on talent for next year. So <clears throat> for Nick Bosa, you know, why wouldn't you say, all right, Bosa, let's renegotiate the contract. Let me give you a good bump next year, and we'll flatline you a little bit. Go, you know, in the later to compensate for thirty-five. That's that? strong. You think Bosa is going to do that? Bosa, the kid who sat out his senior football, is going to do that? Yeah. Nope. Was it senior or, or junior? I think it was. Yeah. Whatever it was. You think he's going to do that? You think he's yeah. going to give them? Nope. Nope. That kid is all about the money. You. What does? In the words of Vince McMahon, no chance. No chance in hell. You've got. You're not going to be paying Sherman Williams, uh, Sherman, uh, Richard Sherman anymore, so that's $7 million saved. But again, he doesn't want to go there. You can you can see until you blue in the face. He doesn't want to go there. He wants to play in Miami. <laughs> well, that's part of reports right now, but there's other teams. Like, you can – listen. But, but, but here's I, I the thing. You, this is you, coming listen, from him. I want to play in Miami. I want to play in Miami. Okay. Well, what else do you have? Because, you know, Miami not, might not work out. Miami might say, you know what, we're happy with Tua. And I know that's not the case. It's not the case. So if, but, if, but here's if, the if thing, Miami, too. If Miami says, hey, but here's we don't the other want thing. you. But here's the other thing that you've got to remember. Do you think Nick Casario is going to put him into the AFC East? For when he inevitably no. gets fired there or needs a job? No. No. He's not going anywhere. Going to play. He'll be there uh, in week one. He'll be there. Because if you get rid of him, how do you bring fans back into the stadium next year? So we got J.J. Watt. No, you won't, because he's going to be gone. <coughs> J.J.'s out of there. I can tell you that right now. J.J.'s not going to be there next year. <coughs> so... Yeah, I don't. I don't know how you. It's just the thing. I, I don't know how you. I, I just don't. I don't see it. To be honest with you, I don't see it moving. Um, wow, we took spent way more time on that than I thought we would. <laughs> um, next. Let's talk about the games. And your, um. 
you can't tell me that Patrick Mahomes didn't have an A, major league concussion, B, maybe a spinal concussion, C, you can't tell me he knew what fucking state he was in, D, did you see his asshole brother while he's laying on the field fucking doing shit on TikTok? No, what was he doing? He was fucking doing like a dance on fucking TikTok. While his brother was in on the field. In a luxury floor. box. Brothers on the field. Well, I don't know if it was oh, after yeah. it, but it was after he got hurt. I don't know if it was like while he was laying on the field and they were trying to get him off the field when he looked like fucking Bambi on ice. Now, I will say, I absolutely thought Cleveland had a chance to win this game before the game actually started. Like, I was very high on Cleveland to actually win this game. I look at it this way. I think... I, I think Kansas City is the cat that catches the mouse and knows they could kill it, and it's just going to sit there with the you know with the fucking tail and the paws and just pat, beating it around, and the, the you know like lets it go a little bit but catches it and it thinks it's going to get away. That's what Kansas City is right now, and it's going to bite them in the ass in the Super Bowl. Well, I almost bit him in the ass this past week, and I'll be honest with you, with a healthy or not healthy Mahomes, they better watch their ass next week against Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm not sitting here trying to hate on the champs because I like Kansas City. I like them a lot. But these I don't games like that they have. See, like, <laughs> I look at it this way. I think the problem is the more Eric the enemy has to take time and do all these fucking Zoom calls and all this shit, if he does, if he, he should say to one of these teams that he's in, am I getting the job or not? Because if I'm not, leave me be. But if I get the fucking job. I think the jobs are remaining. I think he should just pull himself out because they're not good jobs. I think he's getting the Houston job. because if he gets the Houston job, then you don't have to worry about Watson because Watson wants to play for him. Yeah, but if you're if you're the enemy and you're on record saying, "Hey, I want to go to the perfect job," is Houston the well, perfect there job? There is no we fucking talk? perfect job. But what job's the yeah, perfect there is. job? Yeah, what there one is. is? Kansas City. Is, so is the, Bill Belichick the, the, retire? I'm just, I'm just trying to think out loud here. Is something already in the works for a succession plan in Kansas City? Let me tell you, it ain't going to be a good succession plan because unless he's getting that job after this year, they're going to be a fucking dumpster fire in a couple of years when they have to start moving money around. Because Listen, his man, contract is going to hurt them. When does his when does his big money kick in? My homie, hold on. Not next year, because next year would be his fifth year. I think it's two years. Kansas City. And let's not forget, he's not Andy Reid. 
this for 2021? Yeah, this is for 2021. <coughs> Mahomes' dead cap for next year is $59 million. Yeah, but that cap doesn't mean anything. Cap, What's his cap number? The cap hit is 24-8. Okay. When is his big money hit? Hold on. Dead cap is just because he has a big signing bonus. Right. And again, well, he jumps up to he jumps up to thirty one next year, and then forty two. Yeah, and but then real money is real money is bullshit. It's all about cap hit. Right. Well, this is the cap hit that I'm giving you right now. Okay. So his cap hits thirty one next year. Thirty one and then forty two. On a flat, no, on a flat, on a flat thing, it's going. And then it drops to thirty-nine. Then it it averages forty-one for a couple of years, then forty-four and fifty. No, I ain't gonna play a forty-four and fifty. Yeah. Um, by the way, if it's a spinal contusion or a spinal concussion, Sidney Crosby had that. He missed eighteen months. So is Chan Henney going to take this team to the Super Bowl? That it's what it is. I don't know what his injury is. I'm just saying Sidney Crosby had a spinal concussion, and he missed 18 months. Just throwing it out there. Because the way he got up off the field, don't give me he was choked out. That that bullshit. I, he looked like a fucking boxer who got fucking jawed. Dude, he, he was thinged. He was thinged real hard. You could call that dinged because that wasn't dinged. I've been dinged before. You know what it is? I, I, I described this to my wife once about concussions. You know what the worst concussion you get is? If you like Which see one? a punch to the balls coming, right? If you see a punch to the balls coming, it hurts for a little bit, but it goes away really quick, right? Uh-huh. You ever play Walsies as a kid and you don't know the ball's coming, the ball goes through your legs and catches you square on the tip of the dick and you're in pain for three days? Yes. That's what a bad concussion feels like. A three day nut punch. That's the that's the three that's the like that's the one you don't see. Like the shot to the balls that you see coming, you kinda can brace for it. All right, you get dinged and it hurts, but eh, okay, you get over it. Right, you you do a couple coughs, you feel better. Tip of your dick, Jesus Christ, fucking Kadri is a piece of shit. No, here, can I cut that out? <laughs> well, they didn't wait long to give out Dustin Brown's number. Um. Um, but yeah, that just doesn't. I 
they could say all they want. And the fact that that number's three right now, if he does play and you got it at two and a half or three, oh, you're a fucking genius because it finally got a cover. There's a chance that Colorado blows a 3 nothing third period lead to L.A. right now. Stop it. Let me tell you, that is a team that is in dire need of a goaltender. Fuck, does Colorado need a goaltender? Um, they're such a good team, like, in, like, 2015. Oh, shit, Dustin Brown's still Baltimore. there. I was so bored I stopped watching it. Dude, that game had me on news control. It was awful. And I think it just finally proves that the running back is not a good quarterback. Yeah, listening to all the shows in the past couple of days, people are putting it squarely on, on – well, I'm in the car sometimes. So I'm uh, listening to how they're squarely on uh, Greg Roman. And I'm like, last well, see, year. Okay, now, now, okay, well, now, la- Last on. year, everybody uh, praised Greg Roman on, and how they transferred uh, the system to match the quarterback. And it's like, did anybody hey, else realize he, that he ran the same system? See, here's what teams realize. He ran the same system that they ran with Kaepernick. It didn't change. Right. It's funny because I said that at work today. I said, here's the thing. Greg Roman's first year with a guy, oh, my God, it's, it's, it's revolutionary. And then you go, he's not really eh, – it's not really revolutionary. It doesn't change. I don't care if you get him a number one wide receiver. He can't throw the football. You still we talked about Drew Brees. In and throw the football. We talked about Drew Brees earlier and how he was missing targets. And that's Drew like Brees is most forty accurate. fucking years old. There's a big well, difference. Getting, <laughs> we were talking about like the greatest quarterback in accuracy in the history of the NFL, and then you you watch Lamar. And, like, he has an excuse, Drew Brees, because he's old as shit. You know, it was his last game. You know, he hasn't announced it yet, but it was his last game. You know, even if he wanted to come back, how do you bring him back after the way he performed this year? He's not not going back to New Orleans. No, I I agree with Glazer. That was the last game he ever plays in that stadium as a member of the team. Look, and and you know what? Kudos to him. He's had injuries that – you know, like, when you look at him and Tom and Aaron, they haven't had shoulder injuries. No. He has. Well, actually, you yeah, know, Drew, Drew has. Hayden did. Drew did. That's why the Dolphins didn't take a chance on him. But, like, Drew's had the shoulder thing. You know, like, at some point, that suit bone stops working. Yeah, but my point with Lamar, it's like, I mean, he was missing, he badly missed Andrews when they needed him. You know, I mean, he had the first Lamar Jackson could, 
the quarterback in the Rutgers-Princeton game in 1869 throws a better football than Lamar Jackson does. I can't argue that. Yes. I can't argue it. But you can't say it. You know? it, yeah. it it's awful to watch. I, there's nothing that's going to change it. He's not. No. His throws. He's not talented enough to learn how to do it. You know, just like his Bob big play throws, third. you know, get made because everybody sucked into the run game, and his receivers are running five yards open. That's how he gets his the, big What's play. the difference between him and Tim Tebow? Except for physical appearance. What's the difference? Accuracy-wise, I think they're the same quarterback. You know, Lamar is Tim a better player. thrower. Tim Tebow is a better thrower of the football. Only difference. Tim Tebow couldn't read a defense either. Tim Tebow's one shining moment in the NFL was what? A five yard slant that Demarius Thomas took to the house. Took to the house. Because why? They were afraid of Tebow running the football. Sounds the same, doesn't it? Tim Tebow was legitimately 10 years too old. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, no, it, you know, it's definitely, like, you see the similarities there. Like, they are, you know, Robert Griffin, I think, was a better thrower of the ball than Lamar. I think in terms of better accuracy. No. You know, no, Bob Griffin was, didn't throw the football either. No, he was better. I'm saying he was better than Lamar. I'm not saying he's Drew Brees here <laughs> or Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying that he was better thrower of the ball than Lamar Jackson. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not sold on, on, on him going forward. Yeah, we talked we talked about on Sunday, on Sunday and Monday, we, we talked about who gets the extension or who do you feel comfortable giving the extension to? Because, you know, Lamar's up and so is uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. You know, they played against each other. Josh right. Allen by far. Because, you know what, here's the thing. Josh Allen has the skill, right? He played at Wyoming. Like, here's the thing you got to remember. He played at Wyoming, Right. It's not like he played – see, this is like the thing I always say, like about like about LSU quarterbacks or um, Clemson quarterbacks, Alabama quarterbacks. USC. USC quarterbacks. They're never going to play with that much talent. Josh Allen plays with no talent in college, right? It's not like he was working with Tom Martinez, you know uh, – on how to throw the football and get everything ready. As much as I think, like, the 43-year-old quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I agree with my good friend Andy Gresh, um, in the following that in four or five years, when you're sitting there after a hockey game ends on your regional sports network, that you see Tom Brady doing TB12 infomercials. Tom Brady could legitimately start working with these quarterbacks. 
Like, like I, I like Jordan Palmer is really good at working with these quarterbacks. Yeah, some of them work out good. You know, the other ones, you know, he works with Darnold, and you know, there's still a major. Well, here's the thing with Darnold, though. I I I keep saying the question mark with Darnold is can he ever stay healthy? And granted, mono's not mono's like a virus, so it's not like he's gotten dinged up. But like to me, when you look at it. You know, um, can you find? Can he finally play a full season before I say like he should be playing? By the way, Kadri, piece of shit. You said it like nine times already. That's he missed an empty net. Uh, like he hit the outside of an empty net. That's I lovely. Fucking I fucking hate that guy. He's such a fucking dirtbag. He really is. Tell me how you really feel. Bag. He's a fucking scumbag. He <laughs> really fucking is a scumbag. Throw McKinnon out of the fucking circle. No, they're not going to do that. Kyle no, jumped you know, the fucking back... face off twice. Really? Well, so I named Throw McKinnon out of, out of the circle at the time. Well, I guess they're Speaking all up for it now, right? Sam, you know, you got Sam, you got Baker. They're all up for it next year. Baker's getting it. Sam isn't. Sam might. It all depends. It all depends on uh, what I'll next think, year brings. You Look, know, if Sam anything, he'll, he'll get... But see, here's the thing with... But here's the thing with Sam. You still have two years. He's got two years to show you. He's got two years to show you if he's worth the shit. Yeah, I believe in him. I, I think he can get there. I don't. Yeah, but he's. So, I don't because I don't so like far. USC quarterback. Yeah, you know, he's so far behind the eight ball here. You know, I'm just curious on what Sala and his staff is going to bring. I know that he has uh, Lafleur's brother coming in as the, the OC. Uh, let's see what he can do there. Um, see, I would have brought Doug know. Peterson as the offensive coordinator. Well, Doug Peterson's still trying to hold out hope that he can get a head coaching job. He's not, but it's nice to blush. But you, honestly, you don't know what's happening in Houston, so. Don't rule him out there. I know that, that he was in talks with uh, Seattle about becoming the OC up there. Like, I think he's a guy who's going to need to become an OC somewhere. Like, look at how bad the stench on Bill O'Brien. And he has to go to fucking Alabama. He has to go to college. Which, by the way, who got him that job? Well, that's a great job to land, though. Yeah, but who got him that job? No, well, Billy. Yeah, Belichick got him that job, just like he got Dable that job. Bill O'Brien 
let me tell you. He's a scumbag fuck for leaving Penn State the way he did, but I got it, right? He did wonders with Christian Hackenberg. Made him a second-round pick? If he stays, Christian Hackenberg's the number one overall pick. They talk about it. They kept saying that, that he'd be in the one pick. Yeah. And he was out of the league in what, two years? If that doesn't tell you that not to go play for James Franklin, what does? That's the poster boy oh, right there. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh Green Bay and LA. What is there to talk about in that game? This game bored me. Yeah. I think I played Candy Crush during the entire game. I got I I watched it because it was Aaron, but I just it was it was like you knew what was going to happen when the fucking game started. So, McVeigh said the quarterback will be evaluated this year. Are they destined for a divorce? Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think they re- I think they realize they need a better backup. Why the backup was playing better than uh, golf was? Yeah, but I think you got to worry about the long-term backup. But if you see how you know things are kind of working out for Carson Wentz in Philly, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you when you draft a quarterback to quote unquote be the backup. And now that backup is having more success than you had or were having. I don't know. I kind of look at that whole situation out there as they got to reevaluate some things. I think he's still hanging his head saying that he's an offensive genius. Yeah, I think the league. And honestly, honestly I, I don't. And I never saw and, the and whole. Looking, I never saw the whole. And the thing is, too, stupid attraction with them. Well, he's you good know, looking. He's, and, young, well, okay, I, I get that attraction, but was was he really running a offense that was light years ahead of everybody? I don't think so. No. <clears throat> no, he had a defense that was light years ahead of everybody. And he yeah. got all the. And he had a, and he had an amazing defensive coordinator, years upon years of experience. Yeah. That was a head coach for many years. That knew how to communicate with his players. And they were stacked with talent. Oh yeah, they're not stacked with talent anymore.
So, yeah, I'm curious to see how, what, one, maybe two more years of, of that marriage continuing, if it continues on this course. Because I'm totally not sold on golf anyway. Mm-hmm. But, once again, I'm not really that sold on McVeigh either. But the thing is, too, it, like, there are, two, there are two playoff exits. To me, it had a lot to do with not having Cooper Cup. But should have yeah, thought he was going to be, be that year. important. Yeah. New England lost to um, Philly because they didn't have Edelman. Yeah. Especially when that's what makes the offense go. I don't know. You know, I, I see – listen, I'm not trying to disrespect Cooper Cup. By all means, I'm not trying to. Because I think players like him, Edelman, Beasley, Welker, Victor Cruz is mm-hmm. – well, not really Victor Cruz. Victor Cruz is more on the outside. But those type of inside receivers, you know, the Wayne Corbett's of the world, they're the ones that, that do all the dirty work that, that make the engine run. You know, the other guys yeah. are more of the big – Big play, flashy type. And the thing about it, they're the guys are, that keep the sticks moving. Yeah, but you know, LA has that. You know, Robert Robert Woods is a great possession receiver. So you still had that. Yeah. You know, even with losing Cooper Cup. You yeah, know, my point Cooper is. But Cooper Cup makes that offense work. Woods doesn't have that get-off-the-line speed. Cooper Cup does. Cooper Cup gets off the line very well. You know, he's one move, and he's off the line, and he catches the ball. Well, I can't argue that. You know, like I said, I'm not trying to. You know, I just see a lot of people, you know, move on, you know, from players. And, you know, Walker was let go. They brought Edelman, a quarterback, drafted in the sixth round or seventh round. Well, let's not forget, Walker. Walker, you know, Walker wasn't was there. Walker, because, he was a punt returner before he went to New England and, and they made him you know and they you know they exposed him, you know, to be that great underneath route. You know, route runner. You know, they they accentuated not yeah. exposed, sorry. But the thing with Welker It just feels though, like those guys can New be found. Yeah, but the thing with Welker in New England was was that he filled a void that was left because Troy Brown was long in the tooth, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Tom and him got on the same page. He killed them the year before, and that's why they went in and spent, I think, a second-round pick on him. They basically traded a second-round pick for him, um, which, you know, was the height of Bill the GM, because Bill the GM 
know, like the one year they traded, I think a one for was that not a good first round pick? Yeah, the one that they they won. You know, like so. But the thing, like that Welker in New England was, was that you know here's a guy that Tom trusted, and Tom didn't trust many people, and he ushered in a new version of that offense. You know, they didn't have a tight end to speak of. He basically ran tight end routes. Right. (laughs) And he was expendable because they were going to have to pay Gronk, and and at the time they were going to have to pay Hernandez until Hernandez decided to murder somebody. Murder some people. Some people. You know, some people did some things. Well, we so, got like uh, we got like twelve minutes here. Do you want to spend uh, the rest of that on the Graybeard Bowl? No, because it, we did. I mean, that was you know Bruce Arians and that whole coaching staff are fucking awful. They don't deserve to win on Sunday. They shouldn't win on Sunday. You know, it was fun, but they're not going to beat Green Bay. I thought both quarterbacks played, you know, bad. Well, I, you know, I, I, think I, I, Tom, I think Tom played against a better defense. Yeah, you know, watching Tom that game. How many guys who are <laughs> used to being in that position? Again, losers breed losing. Well, Tom ain't no loser, so. Tom's not, but the whole rest of that fucking team is. Like, I was very frustrated watching that game. Like I said, there were so many balls that were, you know, just poorly thrown. You know, by both quarterbacks. You know, the only quarterback that threw a a perfect pass was Winston. Yeah, I think, like, when you you watch that game in, in totality, it was a letdown. Yeah. But, you know, Tom's great for winning you know, ugly like, games. You know. But Tom knows how to win ugly games. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, I thought Tom's best ball of the day was... The Scotty Miller uh, throw? The one that... I would just say the one that Gronk dropped in the back of the end zone. I thought that was his best throw I, of the entire game. No, I like the Scotty Miller, uh, Miller dime. I thought that was a beautiful throw and catch. Yeah. But the Gronk drop, what was a big one too? Well, you know what? You can't even say that. Don't don't call it the, the Gronk drop. The the the, the Gronk. No, drop, Tom, let's, let's call it that because that that yeah, was Tom so just close. missed. Him. I, right, he he was fully extended. Yeah. You know, if anybody could have caught that, it would have been Gronk. You know, it was great. You know what? He put it in the right spot, maybe like a hair more inside, and they would have had the touchdown. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, that that was a beautiful throw, a beautiful effort. Uh, but I think his best throw was the one to Scotty Miller where he just dropped in there to win the game, basically. Yeah. But, you know, Mike Evans doesn't show up. When it, 
Whenever he plays Lattimore, he never shows up. I know he had the one touchdown, but Lattimore was all was over him. And that was a great throw I was Tom. Play. Uh, You can tell me until you're blue in the face of how good this guy Evans is. I don't see it. Like, to me, it's like one of those guys who, oh, you're good on a shitty team. Okay, great. Who cares? That's legitimately where I am with him. Oh, you were great with you were great with James Winston? Okay. Whatever. I don't think he's that good. No, you know, it's funny, like, for a guy that, that catches close to 100 balls a season, is usually in the mm-hmm. in the leader of of yardage, and is always in the leaders of uh, touchdowns. I can't say that there's a more dominant, underwhelming person out there. Yeah. Because yes, he can easily get taken out of the game. I mean, Lattimore puts the bitch slap on him. Lattimore locks him down. His best game came the second game of the season against them, where he had four catches for like 40 yards or 50 yards. That was the best he's ever played against Lattimore. I think Lattimore shut him down for like three catches last year. Yeah, and that just makes his numbers last year even more impressive. Dude, I had him on fantasy last year. Super inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah, when he has he'll three have, games, it's big games. Right? He'll have a 14, 200-yard game and follow that up with one for 22 yards. One for four. Yeah, he seems disinterested a lot. You know, I wonder if starting next year, maybe they start phasing him out a little bit and centering the offense around, you know, A.B. I know God was a free agent. I wonder oh, yeah. if they bring him back. You got to, you got to ask is you know how much if Tom wins this year does Tom stay? I think so. I don't know. <clears throat> you know. All right, moving on. I'm just, yeah, I, I I am just very curious because they can re- easily. You know, go A.B., Scotty Miller. Um, who's the other guy that showed up? Smith? Yeah. So. I think Godwin's a guy who could play there. I think Godwin can play with Tom. Um, but, is, but is Godwin going to want to stay there? Or is he going to be want, you know, is he going to want to be treated as a number one receiver somewhere else? Well, it all depends on if somebody's going to pay him number one money, too. I mean, that, that's that's the thing. <coughs> well, you've got to figure, you know, he's number three or four for wide receivers next year. Because you got Allen Robinson, Galladay. Who else is out there? And I'll definitely take Galladay and... and uh, Robinson over him. But once again, in the yeah. last couple of years, you know, the draft has been extremely rich in wide receivers. So why would you pay number one receiver type money when you can easily go draft one? Or I don't want to say easily. Yeah. 
but you can go draft a, a receiver. Well, here's the thing. How much longer is Tampa going to want to pay guys knowing that the Tom Brady experiment could end next year? I think it all depends on what Tom does down there. How much longer well, does Arians to want to be there? Yeah. You know, that, that's a good question, too, with Arians. You know, he's an older guy. You know, he's had health issues. And let's say Tom brings us to the promised land and they win. Maybe he pulls a coward and walks away. Yeah. Who are they going to turn that team over to Byron Leftwich? Or has Tom talked to Josh and said, hey. Don't take the Philly job. Don't take the Philly job because. You can get this one, and then I'll definitely stay next year. But if you're Josh, and, and you got, listen, I know it's TB12, I get that. But do you want to prove yourself somewhere else, or do you want to stay, nope. stay with the GOAT? You know, I, I don't know. It's like, you know, I Tom was, was man enough, at, 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 and Tom left Belichick. And I'm not saying that he did better than Bill this year, because I think Bill did a great job coaching with what he had. I I think it's one of Bill's best coaching jobs ever. Right. Fully well but, nothing know, and rebuilding the whole program. You know, the pundits are going to say, you know, Tom did better this year just because of simple wins and losses. He went to a basically ready-made team. So that's yeah. like me saying, hey, where do I want to go? I got the Yankees or I got the Pirates. Oh, let me see. Let me take the Yankees. Yeah. Oh, look at that. The Yankees had more wins than the, than the Pirates last year. You know, it, it, it was basically mm-hmm. that equivalent. You know, as much as this is going to hurt to probably say or hear – how many extra wins does Tom Brady have on New England? Three? They definitely make the playoffs. Nine to seven, right? You would say? No, I think they win 10 or 11 games. Oh, I wouldn't say 10 11. I do. They yeah, definitely when you factor in, like. You know, all they the injuries and all, do... all the people opting out, opting out. But do they opt out if Tom's there? That's a great question. However, you have to look at it as in terms of what shook out this year. Edelman was hurt for half the season. All the people opted out. You know, what did you have offensively? Yeah, but – okay, does Tom, <coughs> does Tom beat Seattle? Does Tom beat Denver? Does Tom beat? Does Tom win the first game against Buffalo? That you don't know about. Yeah, that, that's the question mark that, that, that we got a minute to go. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But I would give him at least three wins. So I can see him backdoor. Puts him in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think he backdoors him into the playoffs. I don't see them being yeah. 11-win team. You know, it's an interesting thing to think about and to debate later. I mean, there are games they lost this year that they lost because they didn't have a confident football player. All right, and I so think Josh did a hell of a job with fucking Cam Newton. All right, so who do you got this weekend? It's hard to say on Tuesday because I don't know if Mahomes is playing. Yeah, I'm going to tell. You, I'm going to go on a limb right now, and like I said, whether he's played or not, I think Buffalo is a team of destiny here. I like them. I'm going to go with them with the upset on the road, depending on, you know, regardless of whoever's at quarterback. Okay. And then I, I, I would love to go the underdog in Bucks Packs, but I'm not going to go with Aaron Rodgers this year. So I'm expecting Buff, Buffalo and uh, Green Bay in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'll go that way too. I mean. Mine is, I think if Mahomes plays, I think they win. But it's still not easy to call. No. All right, that looks like that's it for today. All right. All right, buddy. Well, um, let's try to do something again this week. I know last week I, I kind of had some issues. But I'll see if we can we'll do something else. All right, bud. good. Later. All right, I'll talk to you later. Later, bud. All right, bye. Bye.